You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Just a chance for us to chat, talk some gators. College football in general, if you want to. and go anywhere with this. Everybody, thanks for all the listens since game week. Gators Breakdown. Woo, man, tell you, you guys, you guys bringing it. Thank you so much. All the listens, interactions out there. Can tell, I can tell Gator Nation's excited. <laughs> but Kentucky preview episode is up. If you want to go even more in-depth in looking at the Wildcats, Kevin McGuffey from Last Word on College Football joined me there to preview Kentucky as he does every year. I think I've had him on almost since we started uh, doing opponent previews like that. So good look at Kentucky, all the questions surrounding that program with who's playing, who's not playing, Good look there. Good look there at uh, who they return, who they've lost uh, off of last year's team as well. So, really good. It went longer than I thought, but an hour long preview there uh, of Kentucky. So, do like Florida in the matchup. You want the specific score? Shameless plug. Go listen to the episode. <laughs> uh, but yeah, hop in if you want to talk. Uh, if you got any certain topics you want to hit. I mean, it's uh, definitely has been a series, of course, lately. It's been a, a thorn in Florida's side. And I've always kind of said it like this. If, um, if Florida is Florida, yes, Kentucky is improved. Yes, their, their program is much better than what it was. But if Florida is Florida, that's still a game you don't lose. Joaquin. Hope I said that right. Yeah, it's Joaquin. All right, there hey, we Dave. go. Hey, man, how are you? Doing well, man. Hey, I'm just listening to your podcast, man. You're doing a great job. Thank you, Appreciate man. Appreciate that. Um, quick, quick, quickly, I was rewatching that Utah game, and I got to tell you, man, I really think our D line did some really good things. I think they got through the line multiple times, and I think towards the fourth quarter, they were holding it down. I like us a lot against this Kentucky O-line. Yeah, man, I'm, uh, yeah I'm glad you brought that up. Um, you know, when you do go back and look at it, you realize what Utah was doing, uh, and it was – they'd come out jumbo set. You know, they were <laughs> – yeah, they were playing jumbo set uh, just no matter where they were at on the field. 
Uh, they were lining up three tight ends, extra offensive linemen, playing jumbo set, and Florida never really adjusted. It, it looks like they had a plan going in of uh, this is what we're going to be on defense. And I think Utah may have surprised them a little bit with what they came out and looked like on offense, and and you know what the how they would line up on offense in the second half. And even with that, as you said, you still saw some guys shoot shoot the gaps, get in the backfield. They were just outnumbered uh, and, and when, when it come down to it. And, you know, we'll see what that looks like uh, this week. I do think, like I said, I do think Utah probably caught them off guard just a little bit with that. Even with a little bit of tempo, Utah doesn't run a whole lot of tempo, uh, did that as well. But look, that's what you expect in kind of a first game because – Utah's prepared all all offseason for that game. Uh, so there are going to be wrinkles that you just did not prepare for. Uh, it, it happens uh, in college football. Now, you like to see maybe some in-game adjustments, but, you know, and I kind of said this on the Kentucky pod too, how much install, how much base is Florida working with? You know, how much can they actually adjust? How much can they actually install while everybody's still learning? You know, the coaches are still learning the players, players are still learning the coaches, and you're still trying to install a system and all that at the same time. So, yeah, you, second half, Utah comes out with some uh, with some different looks. Florida didn't really necessarily adjust on defense too much, but as going to your point, Joaquin, yeah, you could see still some highlights of some guys getting in the backfield. All right, let's see, Parker. Oh, wrong button. Here we go. What's up, Parker? Thank you. Hey, Dan, can you hear me? Yep. Hey, so one thing that I noticed about Richardson in the first game, especially under Napier versus last season, he looked a lot more like he was trying to make the hero play every single play. Um, I saw maybe it was just about crack sports or whatever, but there were some quotes coming out from Kentucky talking about how they were already game planning for him and stuff like that. But based off of last year, doesn't really look like you can. I mean, as far as it seemed like Billy had a plan for him, and the only time that he made a hero play was when the comp- the play completely broke down. Versus last year, it seemed like he was just trying to do that when the ball was snapped. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. If you saw a big difference between now versus last year, but just curious. Yeah, a- absolutely. Definitely look more calm and collected. I think he, he did come out pretty amped <laughs> to, be, to, to, to begin with. Uh, but look, I mean, he's confident. Uh, and I think a lot of confidence comes in the reps and him being the quarterback. But, you know, last year, I, I remember him even saying at one point, and I think it was in a press conference, but it could have been somewhere else as well, where, um, you know, he said w- with his limited opportunities and chances last year, he felt like he had to go make a play every time. And I mean, you get that at some point. He wants to be out to be be out there on the field. He was proving time and time again that he deserved more playing time. Uh, and I guess you know, at times felt like he had to do even more to maybe get that. You know, Dan Mullen just you know flipped that switch and finally put him out there a bit more. Uh, but yeah, it was there was not a lot of hero ball. Um, and even when you said you know the, the play when, when there was hero ball, it was it was needed. You know, it wasn't forced. It was, I need to go make a play. I need to break this tackle. The ball needs to be in my hands. And he went and made the plays. Uh, and that's what he brings. Uh, you in Kentucky can game plan all they want to for that. When you have a special player, it doesn't matter. I mean, it, it, it's just the, 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 that's just 
the the simplification of it. If if you have that special of a player, and look, that's what's going to happen. Everybody, he's on everybody's radar right now. But you can best bet Utah game plan game plan for him at the same time. They knew just based off of last year the potential there, and they are some they're, they're good coaches. And now could AR maybe have surprised them a little bit? Absolutely. You know there was not a ton of tape on him, but you can best bet they game plan for him. You know, and we'll see. I mean, Kentucky has done a good job on defense the last few seasons. Uh, Brad White, there, the defensive coordinator, has done a pretty good job uh, versus Florida. But a lot of that's just you know Florida. For one, you know, sticking with Felipe Franks, um, and then you know the injury happens in that game. Kyle Trask comes in, saves the day. Um, twenty twenty, I mean, it wasn't Florida. Florida lit that defense up. Uh, you know, a lot, lit a lot of defenses up. So, <laughs> uh, and then we all remember last year and Emory's Jones struggles. But you know, that that was the first struggle for this Florida offense. Florida was able to pass the ball. Florida was able to run the ball uh, with a good bit of success uh, in those first few games. You know, we saw Emory struggles in those you know weaker opponents the first couple of weeks, but then Alabama came, Tennessee came, and he played okay. Uh, and then you go to the Kentucky game, and Kentucky completely took away everything that Emory Jones was able to do successfully versus Alabama and successfully versus Tennessee. And a lot of that was on the ground. A lot of that was him running. Uh, do they have a similar game plan this week versus uh, Anthony Richardson? They can try. Uh, and you know we'll see. You know, do they try and play more outside a bit to contain him? Do they try and play more outside a bit to you know stop those bootlegs and and the flood concepts, but but behind those or you know in front of those bootlegs? You know, we'll see. They're going to try and keep him in the pocket, but at the same time, if that happens, you know, I think Florida's run game can kind of step up. So if they want to focus on the outside and focus on keeping Anthony Richardson in the pocket, you know, I, there could be some big runs happening for this Florida run game. Thanks, Dave. Yeah. I mean, that's another thing I just saw. I mean, he was just getting the ball out quicker. I mean, even on those bootlegs, I mean, he had, I remember on like the, uh, the level two shorter was coming around shorter was wide open, but I think he hit, um, Montrell without hesitation, which like last year, he would have thought about that. He might've even tried to hit shorter, um, for the extra yardage, but no, he saw it, he hit it. and, And that, I don't know. It's just, you know, versus Kentucky and stuff like that, even if they try to come down on that, then maybe the, the plays over the top are available. So just excited to see where he grows this year as he gains more confidence and as Billy gets to know him a little bit better. Yeah, me too. And I, I think this week could be, would be pretty indicative of what we can, you know, maybe the, the growth uh, week one to week two, of course you expect growth in your own right, but you are going against, as I said, a, a, a pretty good defense. Uh, one that probably has been able to game plan, game plan for Florida all off season as well. And they're not too worried about Miami of Ohio. Uh, so did that play into Kentucky's performance last week? But at the same time, you know, that that's just football right now. You got analysts who take on roles during the offseason and prepare for opponents all offseason, but at the same time, you know, this was an early season opponent. Kentucky not all too worried. Now they got some film on AR from last week that can apply to all their summer knowledge uh that they've put on there. So this would be this would be a really good test. Kentucky will be a good defense this year. They'll, they'll always be a good defense. Uh so now we'll see what happens when a team can game plan for Anthony Richardson. Still a little bit of limited film. Uh you know there's no uh, you know kitchen sink Florida um <laughs> emptied <laughs> versus Utah. Uh there was a c- certain set of game plan. I think we saw that game plan come to fruition. Um, Florida run the ball a lot and they were going to run the ball a lot, but also the, the game itself dictated it, you know, especially that last drive, Florida was going to run the ball. Florida wanted to run the clock out. 
Florida was going to run the ball. That was the best way to do it. Uh, so maybe even the, the run stats even more slanted just kind of because of that, uh, that, that last drive where Florida really needed to bleed the clock uh, before they scored that final touchdown. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, the game dictates uh, stats a bit, but this is going to be a uh, run team first. AR will have some help there. Uh, but I am eager to see how much improvement uh, that he can make week one to week two and just how much more the offense grows week one to week two. How much more can they handle? All right, let's see. I think Link was in here. Yeah, hello, Dave. Hey, man. I was... Um I was listening to some things, and Kentucky doesn't seem too confident in their secondary this year. It's still probably decent, but yeah. not as good as previous years. And they said they wanted to probably play a zone, try to keep all eyes on AR, and try to contain Russian. But the problem with that is one defensive end isn't going to be able to contain them yeah. always consistently. So I think to Kentucky to win this game, they're going to have to get some pretty good pass rush. But that's like U.S. strength on O-line. So what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, Florida's run game is going to be their best friend again. I, I think in, in, in helping slow down a rush there. I like Florida's offensive line as well. I thought they did overall a pretty good job of pass protection uh, last week at the same time. The running backs had some nice blocks and helping out with the offensive line. Uh, I am eager to see how how Kentucky uh, approaches this. You know, um, uh, a zone defense is kind of what they've been known for, cover three. Um, you know, you can light that up there. You know, AR's been pretty good in throwing against some zone defenses uh, in his career. Kyle Trask lit up that defense uh, this, in, in some ways as well. So, you know, we'll, we'll see uh, how, you know, does Kentucky change in approach? Uh, the, I, I am eager to see, you know, I don't watch, watch Kentucky a, a whole lot, of course, every year when they play Florida. Uh, and if another game <laughs> comes up where we're, we're trying to watch them. Uh, but um, I I just I, I like I like the matchup Florida has now just because I, I think there's a lot of expectation of them being able to run the ball and behind an offensive line and what they showed last week in pass blocking as, as well. I just think it really it, it sets up pretty well uh, for Florida and what they want to do against most teams. And, you know, we'll see. Um, There's, a, there's still a lot of, you know, we're early in the season, you know, so we'll have to see uh, adjustments on Florida side and, and, and the opponent side. So, you know, while, while there is excitement, you know, this last season started out with a big successful run game that as the season wore on, teams started to figure out. Uh, but, you know, a lot of that was because Florida was limited at quarterback. And I don't think that limitation so much there this year where, you know, if they if, if they want to focus on stopping the Florida run game with it, run the running backs, okay, well, then you got a quarterback to worry about, his legs, his arm. I don't think that worry was necessarily there last year. And if you want to focus on trying to stop him, which is, you know, kind of where you were going in some of the comments of trying to maybe play a little safe and not give up the big play to Anthony Richardson, that's where I really think Florida's run game uh, and, and those running backs can really come come in, come into play uh, for, some, for, for some big chunk yardage. So, I, I, I like the matchup until I see somebody prove they can stop AR, and then if they do, they can stop the Florida run game at the same time. I think there, there, there's a nice balancing act uh, with this with, with this uh, with, with this Florida attack, and I'm eager to see too. You know, I, I I'm not sure this is the matchup where the the pass defense or the pass offense can go crazy. Uh, but if Kentucky overcompensates and, and just really really concentrates on stopping that run. I mean, there, there, there may there may be some 
some opportunities there for, for, for that passing attack. Jay Lee. Hey, Dave. Hey, Dave. Hey, uh, great job on the podcast. Thanks. Um, you talked about Kentucky's weakness on defense being the secondary, and I think all Gator fans are ready to see um, AR blow the top off. But who would he throw to? I'm, I know, you know, um, Xavier's more of a screen guy. Um, Pearsall's more of a slot. It, do we have anybody at wideout that could like outrun this defense and take some deep shots? Um, I, I do think Pearsall could still be used. I mean, that that play last week in the seam uh, where that you know he caught the that that really, was a third and fifteen, uh, and that went. Uh, for a first down for Florida, I think that seam route. Um, if Kentucky's going to stay in that in the, in that cover three a bit, the seams can be open. Uh, so I do. Maybe we see uh, the 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 seams with Pearsall, maybe even the tight end go down the seam uh, as well. I think the tight ends maybe underneath uh, at the same time. If you know if they're going to play that cover three and Florida runs some receivers deep, you know, can the tight ends underneath uh, open up? Uh, a, a bit, kind of maybe what we saw in the spring game with those, you know, run to the sideline, some of the drag routes, uh, you know, find find an open spot in the zone, and hopefully uh, off to the races there as well. So um, taking the top off might be pretty difficult if Kentucky wants to stay in that in, in that cover three uh, the the entire game. So not necessarily sure um, where. The, Florida might have to get the run game going early, once again to maybe open up that open up those deep shots. Uh, but I think really, you know, Kentucky is really going to be trying to stop that 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 big play. You know, they uh, don't know with those questions in the secondary if they can just you know man up and go against the Gator receivers. But you know, we, we got to see these Gators receivers also at the same time. If a team wants to do that, they need to prove that they can go beat them. Uh, and so I still think Pearsall is one of the guys you, you, you watch out for. Overall, pretty fast, speedy player. Um, I'm not sure he's a take-the-top-off guy, but he's you know he's labeled as one of the fastest guys on the team. Uh, and he can play outside if need be. I'd like to see if Florida moves him around a little bit. Mostly a slot guy, but see if they move him around a little bit. Arizona State moved him around uh, a bit too. But also knowing that knowledge that he is one of the fastest players on the team, maybe find some creative ways to use him. But yeah, uh, I'm like you. Is you know I, I still think Henderson, I mean, it is kind of crazy. You know, supposed to be one of, a fast player on the team as well. doesn't doesn't play fast is, is what it looks like. You know, is he uh take a top off guy? I'm not so sure, sir. So sure. Shorter is consistently. Uh, yeah. So that, that's probably one question at least through one game, you know, we'll get more of an answer there uh, as the season goes on, but how, I guess, how long will it take to identify if Florida has that guy? And maybe this game is it. Uh, but I, I'm like you, there, there's, if there's probably still a big question on wide receiver that we had coming into the season, even after, you know, after one game, it's still very early. That's still one question that we have uh, about, about this receiver core. Is there that guy that can take the top off? And I'd like to say there is, but you know, that's probably something we still really have to see. 
Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, Dave Street. Hey, man. Dave? Hey, Dave. How are you? Good. How about you? I'm doing well, thank you. Just uh, driving to uh, work this morning on a slightly uh, rainy day here in Tampa, Florida. Um, yeah, so you may have already uh, talked about this before, but just uh, what do you AJ Weaver's uh, comments about uh, Anthony Richardson saying that Richardson won't be able to uh, do anything. And keep in mind, this is the same man who said that uh, Kyle Pitts has never had J.J. Weaver on him. <laughs> and so clearly, yeah, he never learned his lesson. And look, I, I get it. You have to – I get you have to uh, show confidence. And so I don't blame him for that. But at the same time, why the hell would you ever provide that kind of bulletin uh, board material? Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> we already know Richardson probably has a personal – um, uh, personal drive, I guess, in a way, because if we go back and look at when, when Florida opened up those new locker rooms in the new facility, uh, there was a picture of showing Anthony Richardson's locker, and there was the image of somebody's list of, I believe it was top five SEC quarterbacks, and Anthony Richardson was not on that list. So probably, you know, something that as a as a reminder as a personal drive okay you know it, this is what somebody thinks uh and so there there was that there's that and then you go to Weaver's comments and as you mentioned a couple of years ago the whole, the whole Kyle Pitts thing and um Pitts cradling you know doing the doing the rockabye baby in the end zone uh after uh <laughs> after a score. Uh, but, you know, Weaver's a good player in, in his own right. And, but, I mean, I guess I probably expect him to think that. Do you come out and say it? That's a whole different, uh, that's a whole different animal. Uh, but, you know, Weaver, Weaver, um, a lot of experience the last couple of years. Uh, let's see. He, uh, I had some stats on him that I had in the podcast. 34 tackles. He had 10 tackles for loss. Uh, last year, and he led the team in sacks uh, for Kentucky. So you can um, you can kind of see where the confidence from him uh, is coming there. Um, but you know that, that's right. that's just one everybody's going to identify that it's going to get blown up going into this game. And look, there's no there's no love loss between these teams. You know, there's a, been a lot of drama going back to, to 2018 and. Um, you know, Kentucky getting the upset and the celebration on the field afterwards, and also um, you know uh, trying to hurt Trask in the in in the pile uh, that that one year in nineteen. So uh, yeah, these two teams don't 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 like each other, uh, and it, it's really this. If you want to call it rivalry, okay, on Kentucky's side it definitely is. On Florida's side, maybe becoming one, but certainly behind a few other teams there. But uh, this the, the drama in this game uh, ha, has not lacked in. Looks like Weaver's going to continue that a little bit. 
Oh, absolutely. Well, I guess we'll just have to see uh, how Saturday goes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, we're still early enough in the seasons where it's still asking a lot of questions <laughs> and, 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 and wait and see. Uh, we'll still, still learn about these teams as, uh, as the weeks go by. Yes, sir. All right. Anybody else want to hop in here? Thanks for so many of you checking it out here. Let's get Nathan in here. What's up, Dave? Can you hear me? Yep, loud and clear. Got you, man. All right, perfect. Uh, I think this game is important to just the uh, program because it's one of those games that we have to reestablish that. Yeah. Hey, last year, Florida was down. That's why Tennessee, Kentucky, South Carolina are getting all this hype. But it's something Mullen never did was kind of put his foot on the neck of the lesser opponents in the East. And I think uh, Billy needs to – some Spurrier and Urban really did just show him who's – who runs the East? It's us and Georgia, and everyone else is playing for third and second. So, yep. Yeah, man. I mean, if if that ability is there, then absolutely. Uh, you know, you 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 try and uh, establish that. You try and bring you try and bring that thought back. Uh, and look, I think a lot of us in here uh, have definitely fought that. Um, you know, we still know. While it is not Alabama and Georgia talent, you know, and while we critiqued and rightfully so Dan Mullen's recruiting, it's not like it was god-awful. It's god-awful on a Florida scale, but nationally, it was not god-awful. There's still, you know, plenty of talent on this team, still more talent than Tennessee, still more talent than Kentucky, still more talent than most teams in the country, still more talent than most teams in the SEC, and it needs to live up to that and, of course, build up to much higher than that uh, when, it, when it's all said and done, but... You know, I think a lot of us were, were, were really thinking, all right, last year is what it was. Um, and the wheels fell off in Lexington that one night, uh, was never able to really get back on track. Um, a lot of confidence loss, um, whether that be in you know, some of the, the staff towards the players, certainly players toward the staff. And you know, this, the, the mindset was not there whatsoever. Uh, and we knew that this team was a little bit better than what they were playing. There's that's part of a reason a coaching change was made. Um, the outlook on the the program was another reason the programs change. And look, the, yeah, if you want to um, establish that thought, you go out there and and, and play. Uh, you know, look, Kentucky's going to have something to say about this too. You know, if we're looking at this from a Florida perspective, and we we all want Florida to go out there and and show what they are capable of, capable of, and that's going to be tough to do two weeks in a row. I believe Florida can do it, uh, and you know, I've already said you know, I picked Florida in the in, in, in my prediction. Of course, if you want the score, you can go listen to the episode. But you know, I feel pretty confident uh, right here with the, the approach. Uh, but yeah, if that if that ability is there, if the opportunity is there, yeah, you go and you know that that that, that, that does need to be a mindset of this program. It needs to be a mindset of this team to go out there. You, you've proven nothing yet. I mean, last week was big, and you, you're not going to take that away from Florida. One thing po- Florida probably did prove last week in the grand scheme of things is, yeah, they're, they're a bit better than what m- most people thought. But if, if there's any 
you know, of course, the, the, the popular phrase for these big programs, so-and-so is back. Well, you know, if you want to claim that, you beat Utah last week, you got to turn around and beat Kentucky this week. And, you know, a lot of people are, are, are still going to have an eye on Florida. Look, last week was not a fluke. It, 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 it wasn't. It was still a good win. It's going to be a good win. But, yeah, we do for whatever narratives are out there, for whatever confidence this team needs, you know, go out there and get a big victory over Kentucky. Just got to be Florida. Just Yeah, be Florida. And, yeah, just do what Dan never did and show the other SEC East teams that's like, hey, last year was a fluke. And even under Dan, like, we should never have to compete consistently with South Carolina and Kentucky and schools like that. It's just, I don't know, under Dan it just felt like, yeah, recruiting was whatever, but we just couldn't put our foot on the throat of those people and just kind of like push them to the side. Like Kirby runs it up, and that's just – we if we want to get there, we gotta demoralize. I guess you say those other schools. Yeah, yeah. But I guess in a way, put them in their place. <laughs> As I said, if Florida's Florida, you know, you're not losing to Kentucky. You know, two times out of four years, you're just not. And that just, I, I, is that too cocky? Is that too arrogant? Maybe, possibly. But at the same time, you know, I, I did put the disclaimer: if Florida is Florida, that's the way it should be run. Right. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, man. Look through in here. See Seth Varnador. Seth, if you can pop in or want to pop in, uh, enjoy your work, man. If there's uh, anything you want the fan base to see, a lot more uh, schematically driven than, <laughs> than, than I am. Seth does really good work there uh, as far as, you know, more on the field from a coach's perspective, scheme-wise and stuff, if you haven't checked out uh, his work their uh, alligator army his youtube channel as well uh seth does great work there uh there so i'm uh, glad he's hopping in here uh to give a listen he has an opportunity to uh pop in here hopefully he can do so but yeah do some good work there uh for, for, from those side of things and man yeah i mean <laughs> there's, there's some matchups here um i'm eager to see florida's offensive line versus that kentucky front i mean that is certainly Florida, Florida's offense, you know, taking away just from skill player and, and maybe just how special AR is, uh, maybe even more special or how more special he can be would <laughs> be based on uh, if he's, you know, able to have the time to do so. Uh, and even last week proved last week you know, he may not need a whole lot of time uh, in certain aspects. Can make something happen anyway. All right, let's. It's like Parker wants back in. Let's see. Hey, Parker. All right. Let's see. Hey, can you hear me? Yep, gotcha. Sorry about that. Um, one thing that obviously we didn't get to see too much of last week was, um, you know, our DB play. I mean, obviously, <laughs> yeah. there wasn't. So I think, you know, I don't know if we're downplaying the softness of how Kentucky looked last week versus Miami of Ohio. Um you know, only 50 yards rushing is pretty abysmal regardless. But, you know, are we really about to see these matchups with these corners this week with Will Levis? Um, or do you think last year was a – or last week was a fluke with Kentucky? Um, so they got Tavion Robinson. Um, and that's something I brought up in the podcast is how he's not the same type of receiver as Wondell Robinson. Uh, so – you know, that's going to be a matchup there for Kentucky, uh, of course, to watch. I do think th- they are going to throw to the receivers more so. They, they don't have tight ends like Utah has. They'll try and maybe 
insert that because of some success Utah had last week. But they don't have those guys. Uh, they'll rely more on the receivers. I'm, I'm eager to see Jason Marshall probably be a little bit more this week. I mean, as you said, the, the whole cornerbacks uh, group as a whole, absolutely. Um, yeah, we'll see it a bit more, especially another reason because of Kentucky's run issues last week, offensive line issues, and the running back depth. So even more, uh, I think, will be on Will Levis's arms there. Uh, maybe even more uh, can, can speak on that. I do, I do have uh, Seth is in here now, so... Um, Seth, you want to speak on that a bit? If you can. You might be on mute if you need to unmute your microphone, but. Um, hey, sorry. Can you, can you hear me now? Yeah, got you loud and clear. It was, I couldn't hear the last part. It kind of cuts off when, when you're uh, on oh. the mic. Uh, yeah, just. The, um, you know, of course, we didn't get to see Florida's DBs last week uh, because of what Utah was bringing to yeah. the table. Uh, but Will Levis, of course, probably more on his shoulders, running back depth an issue for Kentucky, offensive line issues last week as well, uh, and maybe trying to get one, um, uh, Tavion Robinson involved more a bit uh, at the receiver position for Kentucky. Yeah, I, yeah, just I wanted to jump in real quick, just uh, um, running some errands right now, but. I, I think that you're going to see. I would imagine you see some uh, some more quarterback run game from Kentucky this week. That's something they had some success with last year, towards the end of the year, and you didn't see any of it. And it sounds like they may have been holding that a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they'll use that to try to goose the run game a little bit. And I, I think you're going to see a ton of screen to try to slow down Florida's pass rush because you saw Miami of Ohio. They only they had four sacks, but they got in the backfield a lot last yeah. week, even on. Even on throws where Levis made some pretty good throws with pressure right in his face. So I'd anticipate Florida being able to get to him quite a bit. Um, and and, and my, my, what I'm kind of looking to see is if Florida can kind of shut down the run game, get them into kind of a one-dimensional game where they're in a lot of throwing situations, is Patrick Tony going to dial up a bunch of exotic pressures that are safe and kind of get Levis to throw him a couple? Because Levis does like throwing interceptions. He, he, yeah. he threw about one a game last year. Right, yeah, he had 13 last year. <laughs> yeah, so I think if you can pressure him uh, and do it in a safe manner, which Tony, that's kind of one of his specialties with the simulated pressures mm-hmm. and creepers and that kind of stuff, I think if you can get them one-dimensional, he can really do a lot of different things, give Levis a bunch of exotic looks, and you might be able to kind of get him to throw you a couple. So I'm stopping that run game, and I think the quarterback run game is going to be key. And then if you can get to him and cost, put some pressure on him, he's still he makes some wild plays, but he still has trouble with ball placement. Even in the the game last week where he's hitting guys and he's getting completions, he's throwing it to their back hip and not the front hip. I think Florida's DBs will be able to break those up where Miami of Ohio's couldn't, uh, and they'll be in that back hip pocket and might be able to get a couple there too. So. You have the opportunity, I think, defensively to to have a pretty good game on the back end if you can get that pressure on him. Yeah, I kind of hit, kind of previewed that in the same way too. If, with with the run game struggles, I do think there is an opportunity for some you know third and passing situations, and you you hope to see. Uh, yeah, because with what Utah was doing, there wasn't many chances to see the simulated pressures and creepers, especially in the second half. <laughs> and, and rising is rising is really smart. Yeah, and. He's one of those guys where when you send stuff at him, he he knows where to go with the ball pretty quickly. 
I don't think Levis is quite there. It doesn't seem like it. And and their offense isn't quite the same, but yeah. they do do some similar things. But I, I, to me, like if I had to win a game tomorrow, I would take Rising over Levis. Uh, if I had to win a game in five years, it may change. But I think Rising's a really good quarterback and going to be one of the better ones Florida sees all year. Yeah, I was on a, uh, I believe, you know, Will, Will and uh, Nick's uh, podcast. Um, so, or, or we, going into the first week of the season, we were ranking kind of SEC quarterbacks. And I was like, yeah, it looks good right now. I said, okay, Stetson, I'd probably put Stetson first. And then that looks good after week one. And I put Cam Rising second, um, you know, just based on college quarterbacks. Yeah. You know, I'm not looking at NFL. I was like, you know, what, what Florida's going to face in 2022. You know, I, I had Cam Rising up there. There's a lot of respect there. And as you said, well, Levis, I do think, will run. He's not as slippery, not as shifty, but he is an athletic runner. Yeah, he'll, he'll uh, and I think they'll use him in designed runs. Uh, and then uh, you, you'd think they'd use him within the, they'd, they'd have some element of a read game. So they don't, they, that's one less guy you got to block if you're struggling block and read him, right? If you can't block him, read him. So yeah. I, I think you'll see some more of that from them than you saw the first week. I, I, I heard somewhere their offensive coordinator kind of alluded to that as well, that, hey, we have some quarterback run game stuff that we did not run this week. So that I would imagine if the game gets tight, they start leaning on that a little bit. So uh, I guess one player we need to be identifying is uh, seeing what Brenton Cox does. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 this is, to me, this is another great test of kind of culture on both sides of the ball. Because defensively, I think Kentucky, what they did last year to Florida is they kind of sat back and let Florida self-destruct. Yeah. And and we're just happy to get you in third and longs, and now you we're going to make you throw the ball short of the sticks, rally and tackle. And I think that'll it'll be pretty similar. Uh, Stoops likes a lot more zone than man. And if he can get you in third and longs. and Right. All right, yeah, we're going to drop back deep. I, but Utah had a similar – I thought Utah had a similar plan last week before Florida was able to run the ball on them mm-hmm. effectively and get into a lot of third and short. I think Florida's average third down last week was just a hair under six yards. And on the other side of the ball, Utah was about at five yards. So both teams were getting in third and manageable. I think that's the key again this week. Can you stay disciplined? Can you stay patient? and just slowly, methodically drive the ball down the field. Um, if you can, I think you can have success. I mean, as bad as Florida played last year, they were in it till the end of the game with all those penalties and everything. I think if you play clean, that that's Kentucky's just going to tr- make you play clean to beat them. Um, Florida played relatively clean last week, uh, but they're going to have to repeat it. So that's like a, it's an early culture test on both sides of the ball. You're gonna have, you have to play disciplined. You have to play clean. If you do that, I think you should win the game, but uh, it's going to test you a little bit. I hear you. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Florida was third down, average to go, 5.8. Yeah, almost six yards. So, no. So, average about but, third and six. Yeah, and then when when you when you've got a coach that's willing to go for it on fourth down, yeah, that make that makes it even more manageable. So, Florida, I mean, they were unbelievable on third down last week, and then I think they were seven to twelve or something like that, and yep. then they went two to two on. Fourth. Two or two on fourth down, so you're extending. You know, you're basically nine of those twelve drives are being extended. So that's pretty good. Hey, look, analytics analytics speak way too much about fourth downs and how much success you can still have there. Yeah. Well, it's a uh, it's a uh, 
it's it's it, whatever however you can extend a drive and <laughs> keep the ball that's 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 a good thing convert them on third downs you don't got to convert fourth down that's true that's true <laughs> yeah. so. hey seth I man thanks for, yeah thanks for hopping in man yeah. all right have a good one you too man Parker, I hope that uh, gave you some more. Oh, yeah, for sure. And another thing I'm thinking about, too, is, is I don't know how you feel about this, but, you know, does does this week open up, you know, more opportunities for guys like Devin Moore, who showed a little bit of physicality last week on screen plays? And I don't know. I mean, we'll yeah. see. I guess what, a, he's what, made a big, what a big tackle week. by him on that last drive. Exactly. So it's exciting. We'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's see here. Uh, let's see, BS Loney in here now. There we go. I don't hear you, but I do see your mic is off, so I'm not sure what the issue is there. Get bad boy peer in here, and then William, I come to you. Yo, can you hear me? Yep, loud and clear. I just want to see some Smash Mouth football again, man. Uh, I, th- I think you're going to, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, the last couple of years have been have been different. You know, good games, obviously, but you know, Dan Mullen, you know, was never. Uh, obviously, always loved Kentucky, so I feel like it took a little easy on him. I'm ready to see these guys just go out there and just just hit somebody. I want to see some good football, you know, uh, some real SEC football. None of this Dan Mullen stuff where it was just, you know, just high school play calling. You know what? That's probably something I was really impressed with game one. You know, Florida was Florida was, Florida was ready and able to come out and play that way game one under Billy Napier. And was it perfect? No. Uh, but you could tell strides were already made in that area to be a more physical team to take on a physical team and have success at the same time. Right. I agree. Much as Dan Mullen was hyped up to be an offensive guru to see what Napier did. And literally the short time he's been there with just, just the way the linemen, you know, crashed down and the way they run block. And I mean, Kingsley's, just, Kingsley's uh, pancake block on AR's 45 yard scamper was a thing of beauty. Yeah. <laughs> good things happen early on versus, a, you know, a veteran Utah team that was, you know, Built like an SEC team, for what it seemed like. Yeah, maybe outside of the defense, but their offense was was they seemed pretty big. Yeah, that's just their style of play. They go they go bring it to you for sure. Uh, and the, yeah. I was just yeah, I was I was happy to see the approach. I mean, we knew it was going to be physical, and I was glad to see physical. Uh, you know, when Florida had to clamp down in the red zone, they were able to you know man up, get the numbers right, and go man on man in 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 short yarded situations. Uh, there and and hold hold Utah. So you, you glad you stood up there and as you said on offense at the same time. So yeah, I think uh, as far as the first test of physicality goes, that was a that, that was a a good early test and a good early pass. Yeah, definitely. All right, well I'll see you guys there Saturday. I'm flying from Ohio. Sounds so, good. Guys down there, go Gators. Go Gators. Yes, Loney. I'm not sure what's going on, man. I got the. Uh, can't hear. I see a microphone still there, but maybe leave and come back in or something like that. I'm, I'm not sure what the issue is.
All right, William, what's up, man? Hey, David, what's happening? Not much. You ready for Saturday? Yes, sir. Going to be there. Loud and proud, you know? Oh, yeah, there we go. All right. Oh, well, um, one thing, like you said, that Saturday is looking like it's supposed to rain all day long. So hopefully, hopefully that's not the case. Well, we can enjoy some tailgating. Uh, but yeah, 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 yeah. That does look like it's uh, rain is in the forecast. Some big system out of the Gulf just moving across the state of Florida. So uh, not uh, doesn't look pretty right now. But we know how Florida weather goes. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Let's see. One question I want to ask is, um, what are your thoughts on this defense? Because I was on a cruise last week, yep, and I wasn't able to watch. I was able to track it. I saw some of the highlights. We looked pretty solid, but is this defense a lot different than it was last year under Todd Grantham? Uh, we're going to continue to get our answer with that. I mean, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, the defense itself, even the players have said, look, it's not that much different. It's just the way it's taught. When do you use certain parts of it? You know, it, there's there's a lot that goes. But as far as if you want to start just looking on the field, I mean, a lot of the same players we saw last year still out there. Like they're all in playing the same spots, and the, how they're going to be used uh, will be a bit different. You know, I, and I want to see they didn't show a whole lot last week. They didn't change a whole lot last week. Uh, as far as, you know, when Utah made their changes uh, for, for the second half. So, you know, they did a much better job in the first half uh, before Utah got all jumbo set in, in in the second half. So that's where a lot of the Utah yards came from. Florida necessarily didn't adjust numbers-wise. So that's where you saw a lot of that domination from Utah come from. Uh, it, it's still, for me, I, I, I hate to fall back on it. I still you know, hate to see it's still more of a wait and see approach uh, of what you know the as the weeks go on, the more they can implement, the more they can build on the week before, the more they can build on practice after practice after practice, and they can just kind of continue to stack up what they've learned and what they can apply. It's um, still you know more of a still more of a wait and see. But you know, right, cool, as, but cool. as, as Seth said earlier. You know, we'll see what how Kentucky comes and and attacks this defense, and you know if they what what the opponent will do will will give us a lot more indication as well. You know, if if Kentucky is going to try and come out and throw the ball forty times if Florida stops that run game, you know it's going to look a little bit different. Yeah. Um, one more thing. Um, did you see that uh, Kentucky linebacker made that comment about AR the yeah, other yeah. day? Yeah, we discussed that a few minutes ago. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I just hopped on. Late, yeah, yeah, so. all good, all good. Yeah, okay. Um, oh, <laughs> this is kind of a little personal, David. Um, so where do, where do you guys usually tailgate at? Uh, out Harmonic Woods, out uh, Museum Road. Uh, so Museum, uh, out close to Fraternity Row, uh, Lake Alice, that area. So Okay, south- so Museum Road near Fraternity Road. Yeah, okay. yeah, southwest of the, uh, southwest of the stadium. Okay, cool. All right, David. Um, hope you guys have a blessed day. Um, let's get after it today. Um, hope to guys see you guys in the swamp on Saturday. Go Gators. All right, man. Go Gators. All right, we'll see if. There we go, Lonnie. I think I got you now. Hello? Yep. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay, great. Yeah, sorry about that. Oh, good. Uh, Two things. First, first to comment 
when you really look back at the Mullen era, especially with regards to Kentucky, if Franks doesn't break his ankle in 2019, Mullen is 1-3 versus the <laughs> Kentucky Wildcats. Yep. Isn't that the most unbelievable thing? The team that you beat 30 straight years. Uh, so I'm looking for uh, to lay the smack down on Saturday. I hope we really give it to them with AR. Um, and the question is, do you think that we will see more downfield passing this week? Because uh, that's the one part of the game that I uh, didn't really get to see last week. There was usually there was like a couple 20 yard passes, I feel like, but nothing, no real deep shots. Yeah, I mean, I, I talked about that a little bit earlier too. I uh, the, the, oh, no, you're good. You're good. I mean, Kentucky's going to play it safe. That's just kind of their style. They like to keep everything in front of them. Uh, do you have a guy that can take the top off? Um, and you know, will you know if? But if they're going to continue to, you know, maybe play off and and give a lot of underneath and us knowing how much Billy Napier likes to run the ball and and can run the ball. We but we may not see it, and it may not be, uh, and, and and it may not. Be, we we may come back next week and say and ask the same question: Can we? And I think it's going to be more of a question: Can we? Because we still haven't had to. Yeah. And just yeah. Napier style, he's not going to force anything if it's not there. Now, that going back to his time at Louisiana, he did show once the run game gets going, he's going to go play action and take the deep shots. So if the run game is there. Gets going early. Oh, sorry. You know, I'm I'm looking forward to a good game on Saturday. I actually flew down from New York for the game versus Utah last week. Nice. That was one of the best games I ever went to. So, uh, go Gators, and I'll I'll hang up and listen. All right, man. Thank you. All right. Let's see. What's up, Dave? What's up, man? Uh, I have one question for you. Um, <clears throat> pretty sure it's already been asked because I got in here kind of late. What do you think about Lingard being on the oh, yeah. depth chart now? And uh, Trevor Etienne, man, last week rushed 12 yards per attempt there. Uh, did pretty well. Also, some of the young guys, you know, see Napier's not afraid to use the young guys. And another stat I actually looked up just uh, recently last night, uh, Will Levis. Um, he likes to throw the ball pretty short. Yep. Um, when he has to go past the twenty yard line, uh, looked at it, it was thirteen touchdowns to eleven interceptions. His completion range was about around forty or fifty percent. Um, I think personally, if we can contain the run game, which it looks like we'll probably be able to do, get some pressure. I really don't see Florida having that much trouble in the backfield, but I just want to get your thoughts. Um. Yeah. I mean, I, I did kind of speak on Florida's uh, attack on offense. I, I like the matchup. I just think and and. And I know it's only one game, and this is still kind of a wait-and-see approach, but I love the potential of AR, and I like the mismatch problems that he can bring. If you want to concentrate on stopping the Florida running backs, he's going to go crazy. If you want to start concentrating on st- trying to stop him, then I think the offensive line and the running backs can take over. So I, And I know that's just a lot based off of one game. That's just kind of the way I'm, I'm viewing it right now, of course, Absolutely, that can change. Uh, and we do only have a one-game sample size, but given Billy Napier's history, given what we saw versus Utah and and, and their defense, their sound defense, uh, I'd like early on being able to say that. And we'll see. You know, Kentucky will have something to say about that uh, as well. Going to the depth chart a bit, yeah, uh, Lingard now being listed. Um, I don't know if I, – I, you know, I don't think that's some reaction to everybody's reaction last week to uh, to, to the Lingard news. 
uh, there. I think we saw why the depth chart was the way it was last week. We and you know I've kind of and I alluded to this in the game review episode, I believe. And you know you learn a lot about taking secondhand information of practice reports and how much you can trust it. Well, there was one note and nugget that we were hearing about the last two weeks of fall camp, and that was, hey, freshman running back, Trevor Etienne is making moves, doing nice things in practice. Then the depth chart comes out. He started on the depth chart. Then the game of versus Utah comes in, and he comes in and does some great things at the running back position. So there was one little nugget and note from fall camp that came to fruition. And him being listed as third on the depth chart, I think, definitely held some validity there. Now we see this week, Lingard listed fourth on the depth chart. Does that mean he actually gets more playing time at the running back position? Is it the same as last week? Is it just a name only he's on there? Does the game plan factor in somehow, some way? You know, we'll see. Uh, the, you know, the, does that mean we'll, we'll actually see him? Uh, he was... He was there on the kneel down, I believe, versus Utah. Didn't get any carries last week for the running back spot. I believe he played some special teams as well. But now him actually being listed, does that translate to getting on the field? And look, we saw ETN. Yeah, he might have been the third running back listed, but we saw him early in the game. So I would, you know, I think we'll get a good indication if Lingard is on the depth chart, maybe even listed as fourth. You know, do we see kind of what we saw last week and he him still – get in the game early like E.T. ended. But, yeah, very interesting that, uh, you know, he is now listed on the depth chart. Yeah, absolutely. As long as he's playing the best players, man, that's all I care about. So, uh, I mean, you're getting 12 yards per carry. Uh, Yeah, I I would love to see you on the field a lot more. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Dave. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. All right, let's see here. Bringing Larry in here. What's up, Larry? I'm gonna have to unmute your mic. And so there might be some issues with spaces, Larry. I don't see uh, hear you. You may have to drop out, drop back in, and it might work. Let's go ahead. Um, that happened to another user before. Let's bring Rasheem in here. Hey, Rasheen, you there? I am, man. How's it going? Good. How about you? Good, man. Um, Yeah, man, I watched the game last week, man. So I have a question, man. Um, How soon do you think Florida's offense can be averaging like plus 100 yards from our running backs and then also like 200 plus yards from Anthony Richardson, like, um, I saw a glimpse. I know they have a lot of stuff to work out. You may, I mean, that's normal week one. But, um, you know, with Anthony Richardson, like having no technically passing touchdowns, but having, I mean, how many passing yards did he have this past Saturday? He had one, 168. 168. I mean, like, so there's proof there that they can throw the ball. Um, and then another question I have to ask is, how special do you think the connection between Anthony Richardson and Parcel will be by the end of the season? Um, I think that connection there with, with, with Richardson and Pearsall was pretty good. First game, as I said, uh, 
All four catches to Pierce Saul went for first downs. Uh, the third and 15 was a great route run by him. Uh, had to adjust his route a little bit as the you know safety come over and had to find a way to to you know get find a little open spot and Richardson just zings it in there. Uh, I, I think um, that connection will only get better. I think it's at a good spot already. Uh, it will only improve as we go on. Uh, as far as you know, stats go. I, I said you know kind of this a little earlier. That last drive where Florida had to score, uh, but you had to eat clock at the same time. You know I, that that does skew the stats. You know it's, it's just one drive, but does skew it a bit. Uh, uh, you know, it does skew it a little bit. I mean, Richardson has that 45-yard run as well. You know, if that's a drive where Florida has to just march down the field, then maybe Montreal Johnson hits the 100-yard mark as a as a running back there. So, you know, if you're going to um, – not so worried about single running backs probably getting to that 100-yard mark. It's more about what the team does as uh, as a rush, I mean Richardson nine point six yards, Montreal six point three, ETN twelve point eight. I mean you're not. I, I don't care if you hit the one hundred yard mark. You start having three guys, you know, averaging you know two with Richardson at nine point six, ETN at twelve point eight. You know, you got one at ten yards and one over ten yards. Montreal with six point three. You know, if it, the, his style of play, if he's averaging six point three yards a carry. You're going to win a lot of football games, <laughs> so uh, uh, it's. You know, I, I'll probably look instead of more total yards. I, I'll be looking at the the, you know, the average um, and just how just how physical you can be uh, by using. You know, I, we 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 did ask ourselves this question as far as the running backs go: Would there be a workhorse? Would there be a um a plan to use? More than one back, and, and you know we saw a good rotation there, and, and, and most teams do. You don't see a lot of workhorse running backs anymore. That's just uh, that's just the way football's going now. But Montreal with twelve carries, Naquan had ten carries. Naquan, you know, started off better than than, than he finished the game. He hit, he looked pretty good the first drive, but did end up with uh, just thirty nine yards on ten carries. I still think he can do some nice things. So you know, especially uh, out of the backfield as a pass catcher at the same time. Uh, but you know, twelve carries for Johnson, five for Etn, ten for Wright, ten for Richardson. Of course, Richardson, some of his coming coming off of uh, uh, coming off of pass plays at the same time. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you, you're going with the quarterback. You're gonna you're gonna be splitting carries a good bit in this offense. For sure, for sure. And then last question, man. Uh, personally, do you think that Trevor will leave college better than his brother did? Travis, I grew Ooh. up with Clemson, um, and I like I, I I literally witnessed this every week during college football season. Travis was really talented, but I don't think Travis was this developed this early either. Now that's my personal opinion. Yeah, really good start uh, by Trevor Etienne. I, I will admit I did not see this coming. Uh, even you know going and based off of high school film and trying to apply that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not a scout or anything. I don't. I don't claim to be uh, at, at all. Um, but really good first impression. Uh, and you know would probably lend you to say, okay, well he's further along um, than than his brother. 
I don't know, man. Travis was Travis was special by the time he left Clemson. <laughs> that was a really good football player, really versatile back, really strong back. Could stay on could stay on his feet with the best of them. I mean, he could he could shed a tackle. Uh, guy, if guys didn't wrap up, he was going to make them pay by staying on his feet. Uh, a really good weapon out of the backfield at the same time. Really, just good all around back. Uh, I, and I, I loved when the Jags picked him up as well uh, as a draft pick. There's one thing. Um, you know, could the Jags have used another uh, uh, draft pick uh, besides a running back? Maybe, but I like that ability there. Uh, so I still think it was a good pick there, and we'll see what he does in the NFL. So I, I don't know. I mean, I think we could probably get ahead of ourselves a little bit, but certainly off to a better start. Awesome, man. Well, that's all the questions I have for you, man. Thanks for your time. Thanks, man. All right, a couple more here, and then we will call it Larry. I'll see if, uh, if we work in this time. What about now, Lyric? Hey, man. How you doing, Dave? Good, man. Got you this time. Good, good, good. I want um, just something to think about. I was thinking about this uh, over the last couple of days. um, The 2020 defense um, compared to this now. I know we were hurting the inside, that defensive line, defensive tackle. You know, Kyrie was out and everything. So um, the 2020 defense was – was awful. We all know that, but they made key stops. I know they had some, you know, Zach Carter. You know, we had Slayton, but just trying to make that comparison to this team defense or whatever, do you think it's good enough to amount to the same production of 2020? Uh, I know we had studs on the offensive side of the ball, but I mean, uh, if well, we look I, at well it, I hope we're much better on the back end. I mean, there was way, right. way too many big plays uh, in, in, in 2020. Uh, okay against the run. Uh, you had Jervon Dexter, of course, playing as a true freshman uh, there. But it was, you know, the the big, big passing plays uh, that really ate that defense alive. So, uh, you know, you, had, you were getting to the quarterback. You know, Todd Grantham, there wasn't really an issue of getting to the quarterback and getting sacks, but it didn't necessarily translate uh, to, you know, really – forcing a whole bunch of turnovers or really um, keeping teams from converting third downs or converting teams or making teams convert some big plays. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I hope it's much better in that regard as far as on the back end and giving up some big plays. And I, and I think it is. I, 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 I'm pretty sure I agree. <laughs> I agree. I agree. So what I'm saying is, like, I'm looking at the just total big picture. Uh, like, I think we can make a run. Like, I just – I I don't know. Call me crazy, but I mean if the offense, AR play ball control, and you know, and help and play complimentary football, and help the defense out. I mean, you know, what I'm saying I just. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree. Crazy. I don't disagree. I mean, yeah, maybe this was too far down. I mean, I had Florida nine and three, second to East, uh, and I'll, I'll admit when I said nine and three, if something was to go either way. I said probably closer to eight and four than ten and two, but now after playing Utah, if I still go nine and three, now I'm probably closer to ten and two than eight and four if it goes another way. Right, I agree. So, you know, I I, I know, man. I'm just, I just if oh, hey, look, there's, there's a good reason to be excited. I mean, ever yeah, not, yeah, I won't say yeah, everybody, yeah. but you know, most people out there had Florida losing this game, and a lot of people I out agree. there had Florida starting zero and two. And there's a really good chance to start two and zero. So, I mean, there's 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 good reason to be excited. There's you know don't don't let anybody take the excitement away. 
I, I'm not. I'm not. Ain't nobody going, you know, steal my joy. So, <laughs> you know, I just, I don't know, man. Just, I just, I'm looking ahead at that game in Jacksonville, and I know they look good, but, I mean, that was Bo Nix, bro. And I, I just, I think the defense is, uh, they got playmakers back down the back end of Georgia, but, I, I think we can run the ball with them and run the ball on them, play complimentary football. So, I mean, it's one game at a time. So, but I just, I mean, call me crazy, man. Just, but that one game, just seeing Utah and seeing everything, just uh, continue to play. We got to get better week to week. But at the same time, I just feel like we can, we got a shot, man. We get, we do. I hear you, man. Yeah, great start. Great start. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to see him get better week after week as well. Right. Appreciate you, man. Thanks, man. All right, a couple more, and then we'll call it Todd and Vin. Let me get Todd in here. He was first, and then I'll come back to Vinny. Todd, you there? Hello. Yep. There you go. How are you, Dave? I'm good, man. How about you? I'm good. Um, just want to touch on the defense again. Uh, watching this last week compared to every year under Todd Grantham defenses, and someone asked if we're looking at the same defense. I know you see some of the personnel-wise, some of the same faces, but if you watch pre-snap on defense, you don't see a lot of confusion and a lot of hands in there looking back. Yeah, there was the a there, there was a small part of that when Utah, as I said, maybe surprised a bit going up Tippa because they don't do it a whole lot. But yeah, overall, absolutely much better. Uh yes, I was. You know, I I love offense and the excitement, but I'm I'm a big defensive guy and love watching our defense fly around and be prepared and. And you know, and we'll see, yeah, and, and we'll see what coach means by you know he, he he didn't seem too happy about gap control and gap integrity and all that stuff too. So, but yeah. those things are at least you know those things are correctable. Right, You're, we're looking at week one. Yeah, I'm just yep. in sheer sheer preparedness pre snap, not looking confused, and we had a lot of true freshmen playing. Yeah, you know, so you know, looking at that compared to you know, three years of, you know, not knowing <laughs> what's going on before the snap. I, I was excited to see that, you know, even with, you know, what you're saying about gap control and all that. But, you know, I'm excited about it because, you know, I, the, the it's up from here, I feel like, after week one, you know. But, you know, we'll see. Time will tell. But was excited about that. And uh, go Gators, man. Go Gators, yeah. I'm Ready to see the ready to see the growth too, man. All right, bud. See ya. Thanks for hopping in. Yep. All right. Last one and Vinny here, and then I'll have to call it a day. You there, Vinny? Might have to unmute your mic. Morning, David. Um morning, man. I wanted to ask, um, why why is it so much hype around Kentucky though? It's like last year they they beat us, but really we beat ourselves against them with the penalties and mm-hmm. the field goals and stuff like that because he only threw for eighty seven yards against us. 
So why is there so much hype about them beating us this year? Uh, man, if if you've listened to me and if you've been on Twitter and all that, yes, um, I completely agree. I was I, I picked Kentucky fourth in the East. I'm not high on them. I think Wondell Robinson was a lot of Will Levis' success. And, I, and I'll go more in detail about that. <clears throat> now, don't get me wrong. You got a weapon like that, you absolutely use them. Um, you know, I, I will give Kentucky credit there. They, they identified a weapon and they got the ball to him. Uh, and he was the difference maker last year in the game for Kentucky's offense. Um, but at the same time, that still leaves the question, what can Will Levis do without him? And Tavion Robinson's a good wide receiver, transferred from Virginia Tech. We'll see him this week. He'll, he'll do some nice things, but I don't think he's Wondell Robinson. He's not the same type of receiver as Wondell Robinson. Uh, there's a reason Wondell Robinson was a, a pretty, a pretty high draft pick. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think there's... Probably uh, there was a lot of assumption there with Kentucky. They lost some, you know, big pieces on the offensive line. I still think there was a lot of questions on Will Levis. I think a lot of his draft stock really rose Kentucky to a, a, a level. And look, honestly, a lot of it has to do with Florida too. A lot of people weren't high on Florida, so it's like, all right, well, who's next? And Kentucky, rightfully, probably so, was was going to come up because of their recent success. Uh, I know Chris Doring had them eleven and one. I just didn't see it. They have a, they do have an easier quote unquote easier SEC schedule uh, there. But I, I'm just you know I, it's still more wait and see and prove it for me for Will Levis without Rondell Robinson, um, Christopher Rodriguez. We knew about his potential to not play in this game for a few months now. Um, losing Wondell Robinson, losing the offensive playmakers, losing Josh Pascal on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, there, there was there, there were too many questions for me to be that high on them. Are they going to be a good program? Yeah, Mark Schultz has them at that level. I don't think they're a consistent double-digit win team year in and year out. And I do think Florida was a bit, and I said this last week, even in comparison to Utah, a bit overlooked while hopping up a team like Kentucky and, and maybe even Tennessee. So, you know, we'll see that in, in, in a couple of weeks. But I, I'm with you, man. I, I, I get trying to identify another team besides Florida because of all the questions Florida had. But I do think at the same time that went too far in trying to identify Kentucky as that team. I think people were just really looking at only the good there and really wouldn't raise the same questions about Kentucky as they had some other programs out there. And look, okay, they okay, could they could you. they could absolutely prove us wrong. You know, they could go out there and beat Florida Saturday and we'd be like, okay, well, you know, I look I wasn't that high on Kentucky last year. And, and but as you said, specifically for the Florida game, that was an ugly game by Florida. Uh Florida had still a chance to win that game late, even after how ugly it was. Uh, but through the rest of the season, you know, Kentucky still went on to play pretty good football. Uh, and, and go win double-digit games. but So they, they did prove me wrong a bit. Still a game Florida could have, should have, would have won in, in some ways. Uh, but once again, I'm, I'm, I'm not that high on Kentucky this year. Yeah, I feel like they overrated. Yep, we'll get our, we'll get our answer Saturday night, for sure. I mean, as I said, it was going right, to be tough for Florida to go 2-0, but I still I think there's a great chance to do it. Yeah, I, I definitely think we pull it up. All right, man. You enjoy the rest of your day, man. I I just wanted somebody else's insight on it. Yeah. Because I really, really, I really am puzzled by that. 
Yeah, and, and, and this isn't, and, and like I said, this isn't anything new for me. I've been saying it for a few months. Uh, we, you can go back to SEC Media Days in my episode there, and I show you where I picked Kentucky fourth. Like, you know, this isn't just because Florida played good against Utah and Kentucky didn't look great against Miami of Ohio. Ohio. You know, this this had nothing to do with that. This, I, I, I have felt this way about this game for a few months now. All right, that'll do it for this. All right, man. Yeah, go ahead. Thanks, Vinny. Appreciate the time. Thanks, man. All right, everybody, thank you so much for hopping in this Twitter spaces right here on Gators Breakdown. Enjoy having the conversation with you. Going to do it again on the Gators Breakdown Plus side today. Uh, Going to do our Q&A episode a little bit different this week where kind of similar form and fashion to this, talking to Gators Breakdown Plus members uh, on the Discord there. So extra episode continuing the conversation on the Gators Breakdown Plus side. So everybody, thank you so much for hopping in on this Twitter spaces, and I'll catch you on the next one.